0: August 27th 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 through chapter 2 verse 11 We Paul and his co-workers can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have been honest and sincere in all our dealings We have depended on God's grace not on our own earthly wisdom That is how we have acted toward everyone and especially toward you My letters have been straightforward and there is nothing written between the lines, and nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand us, even if you don't fully understand us now. Then, on the day when our Lord Jesus comes back again, you will be proud of us in the same way we are proud of you. Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I wanted to give you a double blessing— I wanted to stop and see you on my way to Macedonia, and again on my return trip. Then you could send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Hadn't I made up my mind yet? Or am I like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is true, I am not that sort of person. My yes means yes because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, never wavers between yes and no. He is the one whom Timothy, Silas, and I preached to you, and He is the divine, yes, God's affirmation. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Him. That is why we say Amen when we give glory to God through Christ. It is God who gives us, along with you, the ability to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment of everything He will give us. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to tell you exactly how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you, so you will be full of joy as you stand firm in your faith. So I said to myself, No, I won't do it. I won't make them unhappy with another painful visit. For if I cause you pain and make you sad, who is going to make me glad? That is why I wrote as I did in my last letter, so that when I do come, I will not be made sad by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you know that my happiness depends on your happiness. How painful it was to write that letter. Heartbroken, I cried over it. I didn't want to hurt you, but I wanted you to know how very much I love you. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt your entire church more than he hurt me. He was punished enough when most of you were united in your judgment against him. Now it is time to forgive him and comfort him. Otherwise, he may become so discouraged that he won't be able to recover now show him that you still love him. I wrote to you as I did to find out how far you would go in obeying me. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive him for whatever is to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are very familiar with his evil schemes."
1: If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. So Jesus said, as it were, or the Spirit puts these into little pockets. He says, your life can be wood, or hay, or stubble, or your life can be silver, gold, or precious stones. And the fire shall try every man's work. See, there's Paul. He gave his colossal intellect to God. He wrote about fourteen epistles. He went over Asia Minor. He didn't sit in a jet and say, you know, how good the Lord is to me. And I no, sorry. He was lashed at a post 195 times. He was in weariness and fastings and painfulness and tribulation and distress and famine and peril and nakedness and sword. In tribulation amongst false brethren, in perils of the deep you think that man's going to get two ounces of reward for a life like that? You you'll only get rewarded, grace is free, but rewards are not free. Your life is wood, the fire going to come, hay, the fire is going to come to it. Stubble, the fire is going to come to it. But what if your life is silver and gold and precious stones? What is gold a sign of? Gold I believe there is, is a sign of our devotion to God. What happens when you burn gold? Nothing. All you do is change it from solid to liquid, but you don't reduce it. Can you see all the saints of all the ages? And Leonard Ravel is standing there before a Christ whose eyes are full of holiness, where the place is breathing holiness, where there's all the majesty of an awesome God. And he reads the record of my poor life before all the saints of all the ages. And I don't care how I preached, I don't care whether you believe me either, I'm not responsible for that. Yesterday, I guess, about the woman that came with an alabaster box of ointment. You know, I read that story for years and heard it preached on before ever I realized she came for one reason only, she came to worship Jesus. How do you know? Because she brought the most sacrificial gift that she had. How do you know? Because she never said a word while she was there. How do you know? Because she said, I won't wash his feet with water, I'll wash them with tears. I won't dry his head, uh, his feet with with a gorgeous towel, I'll wipe his feet with the hair of my head. And she poured out that costly fragrance. And then she wiped his feet again. So what happened? The fragrance she poured out on him came back on her. Why isn't my life more fragrant? Because you don't take time to be holy. Because you think if you stuff all the stuff you get at gappy, which I'm sure is good, or some other Bible school, that this isn't No, 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 no. God isn't gonna measure your intellect, the size of your hat. I think again of a statement Dr. Tozer made to me once. He said, Len, you know what? He said, we'll hardly get our feet out of time into eternity and gaze on eternity at what we bow our heads in shame and humiliation and say, My God, look at all the riches there were in Jesus Christ. And I've come to the judgment seat almost a pulpit. He prays that they may have my love. Not a mushy sentimental love, that strong love of God, the love that led him be nailed to the cross. It was love that held him there, not nails. For God has not really given us Jesus Christ, He's given us all things. And because there isn't enough joy in the house of God, we need entertainment. Because entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. Because there isn't enough power in the house of God, people are always looking for the last scientific development. And their hair stands up when they see some fancy show on TV. When I see the church in the New Testament, they didn't have stately buildings. They didn't have paid evangelists. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have organization. They couldn't get on TV and beg. But I'll tell you what they did. They turned the world upside down. And I'm embarrassed to be part of the church of Jesus today because I believe it's an embarrassment to a holy God.